not intended to address the theological issue of legalism, but rather the relational effects that stem from this fundamental theological issue. In Kuiper's lectures on Calvinism, he offers a framework to evaluate a given worldview. He examines the three fundamental relations of all human life, our relation to God, our relation to man, and our relation to the world. This is the framework I will use to examine legalism's effects. Throughout this presentation, two main examples will be referenced to show how each relationship is negatively affected. Genesis 3 and the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Any conversation about theology should be rooted in scripture, and a conversation about legalism starts in the garden. Genesis 3 contains the narrative of the fall. Adam and Eve were created in the image of God to live in a garden which he created for them, with one rule, not to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then a serpent comes to Eve and deceives her, convincing her that God has lied to them, and if they eat of the tree, they will not surely die. Their eyes will be opened, and they will be like God, knowing good and evil. Eve eats the fruit and gives it to Adam, who also eats. Once they have broken God's one singular rule for them, Adam and Eve hide themselves from God. Knowing that they have fallen, God tells Eve that her desire will be contrary to Adam's. He tells Adam that he will need to toil to work the earth. Adam and Eve are then sent from the garden, away from the presence of God. Ferguson argues that Adam and Eve's rebellion in the garden stemmed from a mistaken view of God and his law, legalism. Adam and Eve were persuaded that God had set up purposeless rules, shifting their perception of God's love and grace for them through the gift of law. Eve clearly and decidedly severed her relationship with Adam, with man, her relationship with the garden, with the world, and her relationship with God. Many have become familiar with the Mars Hill Church through the podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. The podcast discusses the flaws pervading one specific evangelical church. It is a strong contemporary example of the issues legalism can create within the church. Mars Hill Church subscribed to a legalist view of many doctrinal issues, including marriage and the role of women in marriage. As I will later explore, the legalism of Mars Hill Church caused many Christians to leave the church and alienated many converts and potential converts. It is important to note that I do not intend to suggest the alternative of antinomianism, a radical view opposite of legalism that suggests that because Christians are freed by grace, they are freed from the necessity of obeying the Mosaic law. While both legalism and antinomianism are present in the church, legalism has roots in many churches, spreading and choking out decades-old churches, driving away or strangling members. In Genesis 3 and in the rise and fall of Mars Hill, these abstract ideas become real. Legalism has crept in or taken hold, damaging our relationships with man, with the world, and with God. The first relationship damaged by legalism is our relationship with man. Ferguson argues that a legal spirit is marked by jealousy, oversensitivity to slights, metallic harshness towards mistakes, and an ungenerous default mode in decision-making. Essentially, a spirit of legalism fundamentally affects how we act towards other people. The effect of legalism on relationships starts in Genesis 3. As a product of their sin, stemming from legalism, Adam and Eve could no longer live in harmony with each other. The author of Genesis tells us that Eve's desire shall be contrary to her husband, but he shall rule over her. Adam and Eve's legalism damaged their relationships with each other. We see similar ideas play out throughout the rest of the Bible. Cain and Abel, David and Nathan, Samuel and Saul, Peter and Paul. At Mars Hill Church, we see a similar situation. When members leave the church due to legalistic doctrines and practices, they lose brothers and sisters in Christ. When members are unable to meet the unrealistic demands of legalism that Mars Hill Church imposes upon them, they are disenfranchised, 
resulting in Christians being driven away from the church and the community surrounding it. Personal obedience to the proclaimed law of the Mars Hill Church is prioritized over loving their brethren and walking alongside those in sin with a forgiving and considerate spirit, which ultimately would have resulted in strengthening of their community. The second relationship damaged by legalism is man's relationship with the world. In the framework Piper provides, he suggests that a Christian's life system, whether positive or ne negative, affects their relationship with the world. Further, he asserts that if a life system negatively affects those relationships, it should be replaced. The damaging effect of legalism on a Christian's relationship with the world are seen in two places in Genesis 3. First, God tells Adam, Cursed is the ground because of you, and pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. Second, at the end of the chapter, Adam and Eve are sent out of the garden. Their relationship with the garden, the world, is severed because of the actions they take out of a legalistic spirit. After their perception of God's law shifts from a gift from a loving father to a rule book from a tyrannical dictator, they feel compelled to rebel. That rebellion, stemming from their legalism, separates them from God's creation. Finally, man's relationship with God is damaged by legalism. Man, created in the image of God to be like him and to be loved by him, makes a choice in legalism to reduce their loving creator to a set of rules. When that choice is made, the law is placed above Christ, making an idol of the law. We first see Adam and Eve make a choice to reduce their relationship to God to a set of rules in Genesis 3. Adam and Eve's rejection of God's law was a rejection of God's love for them. This rejection splintered their relationships with him. They could no longer live in the garden in perfect communion with God. In response to this rejection of God's law, Adam and Eve feel the need to hide from God, followed by being sent out from the Garden of Eden, their sanctuary with him. The beautiful communion they lived in with God is taken from them as a consequence of their diminution of God to a rulemaker, rather than a gracious and loving father. Another similar scriptural example is seen in Jonah. Jonah is given direction from the Lord, but perceives that gift as punishment and chooses to rebel against God. As a result, Jonah finds himself in the belly of a fish, spiritually and physically separated from God. Even when God relieves Jonah from that separation, even when he himself is saved by the grace of God, he is angry when God extends the same grace to Nineveh, unable to comprehend grace outside of perfect adherence to God's law. Ferguson would suggest that annoyance about the grace of God often comes from the idea that God's grace should operate on a merit system. In this example, Jonah is bothered that liberty from bondage in the presence of God means that we can come to God despite our sin. As presented in the podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, many relationships with God were irreparably damaged by the legalism present at Mars Hill Church. Members' experiences, in many cases, people's first experiences with the church because of the demographic Mars Hill sought to attract, a so-called church for the most unchurched city in America, pushes them further from God than they were before they experienced that legalism. After experiencing condemnation at Mars Hill Church, people lose trust in the church and leave, an example of how legalism at its core drives Christians away from God. Mars Hill Church asks members to follow rules and condemns them when they fall into the proclaimed sin or misstep. They prioritize personal obedience to Mars Hill's proclaimed law over relationships with God. At the end of the day, the church for the unchurched drives people away from God in droves. All of this to say, law is good. Everything has its proper place. 
The law is a beautiful and glorious gift from a loving father, made bad when it is twisted into a tool to condemn or a crutch to guarantee salvation. In Delighting in the Law of the Lord by Jerem Bars, Bars offers a right place for the law in our lives and provides an argument against legalism, which still holds space for the law. Bars defines legalism as adding human rules to the law of God and teaching these human rules as the way of Christian obedience and as ignoring what God desires to focus on our rules. Bars says that legalism offers security, but really destroys relationships. For Bars, the wrong use of the law is to use it to condemn, when rather, our primary use of the law should be to instruct us in the character of God and, for, and his design for our lives. Bars argues that Christians are called to love the law. He says that the law is beautiful because it reveals the character of God. So to live in obedience to the law of God brings beauty into our lives. And our motivation for obedience ought to be gratitude for the grace of God. Vanda Woodward's preference to the marrow of modern divinity, a text I explore more in my full capstone, argues that a rightly ordered view of law and the gospel shapes hearts to experience forgiveness and freedom from legalism and lawlessness to a new, growing, thankful life in Christ. A right relationship with the law and with the gospel shapes a real and fruitful relationship with Christ. God has provided the law to Christians as a way of expressing our love for him and freeing us from the bondage of sin. Ferguson argues that legalism diminishes the generous love of God and the full freeness of his grace. It then distorts God's graciousness revealed in his law and fails to see law set within its proper context in redemptive history as an expression of a gracious father. If you look at the law for rules alone, God becomes a dictator whose rules we only follow out of obligation or self-interest like the Pharisees, or whose rules we refuse to follow like Jonah or Eve. Either of these perspectives cause a misunderstanding of the nature of God and change our relationship with God from that of loving Savior to dictator. Essentially, the issue is holding the law as an idol, placing it ahead of God and making it the key to salvation, but not against the law itself. While legalism damages relationships, the law does not. Ultimately, I have argued through Kuiper's framework that legalism damages our relationships with men, our relationship with the world, and our relationship with God. This can be seen throughout scripture, but especially in Genesis 3, and in the Mars Hill Church in Seattle, as well as in your own, as, and likely also in your own life as in my own. Legalism has taken root in the culture of many churches. It has driven members away from the truth found within the gospel and the good news of Christ. Legalism has clawed its way into churches and held on tightly, damaging our relationships with man, with world, and with God. The first relationship damaged by our relationship, excuse me, the first relationship damaged by legalism is our relationship with other people, with men. Legalism fundamentally affects how we act towards other people. The second relationship damaged by legalism is man's relationship with the world. Third, man's relationship with God is damaged by legalism. God's children, created in his likeness to be loved by him, make a choice in legalism to reduce a compassionate father to a series of rules. That choice places the law above Christ and his gospel, at its core, turning the law into an idol instead of a tool to draw nearer to and to be loved by a loving creator. I have often been afraid of stirring up trouble in my life, but legalism has impacted my life in such a deep way that I felt a need to address it directly. I've been particularly grateful for this opportunity to both research and meditate on the theological aspects of legalism, as well as to reflect on how it has impacted my relationships. 
I found out a few months ago that someone with whom I have grown up attending church has been struggling with many of the same questions I have, I have wrestled with for years. In our Bible classes, we knew the answers to give, the rules to follow, and how to keep ourselves from feeling ashamed or embarrassed. However, because we had kept our walls up, we had no idea that others were struggling with understanding similar issues. Not only do I believe that my relationships with peers at my church would have been strengthened by the ability to acknowledge and address the barrier that legalism placed in our way, I feel that being able to ponder those issues together would have strengthened our relationships with each other, within our local church, and with God. Over the last few years, I have learned that I am not alone in struggling relationally as a result of legalism. This issue has become pervasive throughout the culture of the church, and addressing it is crucial to building not only local church communities, but also personal relationships with God. I encourage you all to consider the effects of legalism in your churches and in your personal relationships. When church doctrine is rooted in legalism, damaged relationships within local church communities are likely, often leading to fractured relationships with others and with God, as well as resentment towards the gospel. As you live out the Great Commission in your life, I urge you to carefully balance the grace of God and the gift of his law, and to be thoughtful about the way you share the gospel with others. Thank you.